to the Victor Antonio Show. This is episode numero tres, number three, and we're going to talk about messaging. More specifically, sales messaging, conversations you have with your clients or customers. Now, what I want to first highlight is something very interesting, that there's just like this, this schizophrenic thing going on with us. And that is, if you're in sales, during the day, all you do is sell people on something, product, service, idea, whatever it may be, you're selling. But at the end of the day, when you punch out, you're actually buying. So you become a consumer. So by day, you're selling. By night, you could be buying. And so what's interesting about that dichotomy, that switching, is that the same also happens within the sales process. Have you ever thought about this? That if you're a salesperson, you're talking to a customer, and your goal is to message the conversation in such a way to get the customer to switch over to what you have to offer. In other words, your goal is to get the customer to change what they're doing, how they're doing it by buying your product or your service. So again, that's what we do as salespeople. Now, here's what's interesting. After you've sold that customer, you are now the incumbent. In other words, you are the vendor of choice. Now they're buying from you. So now we have to switch our mindset again. Now, what we want to do is sell the customer on the idea of staying with us. In other words, we're selling them on the idea of staying status quo, not changing. And I think this is fascinating because as we're selling, we're trying to get the customer to change. Once they start buying from us, we don't want them to change. So that also brings up an interesting question. How do we get customers to stay? Well, I was reading a... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this. So it's called the International Journal of Sales Transformation. It's a great magazine filled up chock full of great research slash studies on the world of selling. And I was reading a study that was put together by two gentlemen. Uh, one was Nick Lee, who's the professor of marketing at the Warwick School of Business, and Tim Reister, who's the chief sales and research officer at a company called Corporate Visions. By the way, Corporate Visions and the folks there always have great content, do great research, and again, a lot of great content. So look them up online or connect with them online. Well, they, were, they basically highlighted in this uh, magazine this whole concept of how do you get customers to stay? And we don't often talk about that, right? You know, what messaging should you use to get customers to stay with you? In other words, not go to the competition. We're thinking about when we think about retention or if we look at the inverse, churn, right? Keeping customers is important to us. So when they looked at, you know, the messaging, what they came up with was an interesting structure, a messaging structure that you can use with your customers to get them to stay. So in this first segment, what I want to do is highlight what should you tell them to get them to stay? Let's walk through it. And again, what I like about these studies, especially these in the journal, is that they're scientifically based, but they're highly actionable. Listen to that phrasing, right? They're scientifically based, but highly actionable. In other words, they're backed by research, so it's not anecdotal information. This is These are actual surveys, studies done with you know actual consumers. And they also try to provide some actionable items, things that you can do when you're talking to the customer, when you're messaging to the customer, this is what they want you to kind of take away from these articles. And that's why I love this magazine. So I highly recommend, again, the International Journal of Sales Transformation. Check it out. So 
How do you get them to stay? What's the messaging structure? Well, they came up with a four-part messaging structure that I want to share with you, and then let's talk about it as we go through, and it'll become very obvious as to why this strategy works. As soon as I read this, I go, this is so obvious. It just took somebody like Tim and Nick to actually put it together in a structure that you go, ah, that's how I could use it. Highly actionable. First step. Now, again, this is part of your presentation process. So let's kind of put ourselves in a scenario. Let's say that you've sold this customer a software package, right? Again, it's a software that your company offers, a software solution, enterprise level. And now let's say it's the end of the year. And what you want them to do is that as they're considering budget, new strategic plans for the following year, what you want them to do is not change to stay with you. So then let's say now you have a meeting with them towards the end of the year. You want them to renew the contract, stay with you. How should you structure that message? Having that frame, having that context, step number one is to remind them how much work, that's the phrase, how much work it took to put this all in place. Now, people have to be reminded of how much effort it took to actually get the software in place. So by reminding them how much effort they took, all the people that had to kind of get on board, the decision-making process to get to this point was very important. So again, what you want to emphasize is consistency. We've put all this work. We don't want to let it go to waste. So phase number one is, you know, how much work. Second is how much money. Now, again, I'm, I'm structuring this with my verbiage, uh, what makes sense to me. So how much money? So we talked about how much work. You remind them, you know, last year when we were actually considering this, if you recall, we finally had to get all these different departments on board. We had to train everybody, and that actually, you know, took some effort. And also, we also have to understand how much money, how much money and resources it took to really get this going. And so then you start talking about how much work and how much resources were actually involved in actually getting this going. Now you pivot towards the positive, because that's kind of like reminding, you know, what's gone on before, how much work, how much effort, how much money. Now you want to pivot towards something positive. You'll say something like this, how much progress. Now you talk about the progress today. A year ago, here's where we were at. Today, here's where we're at. And here's some of the changes based on all the efforts we've put in place or things that we've done, here's how far we've come along. And again, what you want to emphasize here is that they don't want to change because that would just set everything back. So when you're talking about how much progress, what you're really emphasizing is, look, we've put in all this effort, got all these people on board, we got all the training in place, we put all this effort, all this money, the last thing we want to do is change. So you're reminding of that. And then this, is what an this was an interesting point they made. Remind them how other products in the market are very similar. So, for example, if they're considering some other products, or at least that thought has hit them, remind them. I said, look, the product that you currently have in place pretty much has everything that a lot of these companies have out there. We looked at the top 10 companies out there, and pretty much what we have in place right now is essentially what they're offering. Now, that's an interesting strategy because what you're doing is almost preventing them from going out into the market and looking for something else by reminding them that your product is almost the same as everybody else's. Now, here's the, the irony and the, the schizophrenic part is that when you're trying to sell, you're selling differentiation. When you're trying to get in, you're selling how you're different and how you're better. Once you're in, you're selling how you're similar to everybody else, so why change? Isn't that an interesting? It's a fascinating concept. So let me go through the structure again. Remind them how much work. How much work has been done up to this point year later, how much work, how much effort has gone into bringing everybody on board to make sure that this happens, right? All the agreements. 
Then remind them how much money, the investment, how much resources were dedicated to get this thing going. And then, number three, highlight how much progress we've made. A year later, here are the results, right? That's the big plus. Here are the results. And then, lastly, remind them that, look, our product is competitive with what's on market. We've done our 360. We've looked at you know competitors who are one-to-one with us, and pretty much it's all the same. Now, think about this. If you can structure your message like this, the chances of them renewing your contract go up. So this is, again, is a, it's a fascinating way for you to structure that conversation at the end of the year or at the end of the contract with your customer. Again, step number one, how much work? How much money? Step two, how much progress and how much alike we are with somebody else. And I wanted to emphasize that last part because that's very different than what I've seen most people do. And I think it's something that should be incorporated in your presentation. Now, what I want to do now is talk about how do we get them to buy more? So let's say now that we get them to stay, right? Let's say we get them to renew. That's kind of step number one, right? How do you get people to renew? But now, what if you wanted to get people to not only renew, but pay more? Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it, right? You want to get them to renew, but you also want to get them to pay more. Again, the folks over at Corporate Vision really answered this question based on some data. Again, I'm going to give you the messaging structure that you can use to actually not only keep people on board, we're going to combine what we've already talked about, but also get them to pay more. And what they found was very fascinating. Let me begin to share. Now, when they ask people in terms of, you know, when you look at whether people want to change, they simply don't want to change, right? They don't. You know, so when we talk about pricing, people don't want to pay more. That's a natural thing. So in a nutshell, what Corporate Visions found was very interesting in their study, that messaging when you want somebody to stay and then upsell them, in other words, it's going to cost them more, how do you do it? And they tried different ways, and I'm going to give you the one way that pretty much dominated this works. And so here's the messaging structure. Again, you begin first by documenting your results. Phase number one, so again, let's, I guess let me just step back before I get too excited about this stuff. Let's step back. You've sold them an enterprise software system. End of the year, you have to do a presentation, right? Your goal in doing that presentation is to get them to buy, right? Or renew, rather, the contract, but also pay more, right? So that's the tough part. Getting them to stay, we've talked about that. In other words, you want them to stay with you. So now, we not only want to get them to stay, we want them to pay more. In other words, we want to upsell them something or our costs have gone up. So guess what? Their price goes up as well. So how do you deliver this message? And they tried different things, and I'm going to give you the best of the best here. Now, step number one in that messaging, that conversation is document the results to date. And that's pretty much what you're going to do anyway, right? You're going to talk about where we were at a year ago and where we're at today. Where we're at a year ago all the progress we made, and you really try to bring in a lot of information to that, the front end of that conversation. What's happening in the market? You know, where do we sit in the market? How do we compare to our peers? And really begin to document that just to kind of reinforce that concept. Then in my last segment, I talked about how do you get them to stay? Almost the same formula. You talk about how much money they've invested, how much progress they've made, and pretty much it's pretty much the same as you'll find out there. So that second component still fits in. But you're documenting at a high level the results and what's happening in the market. Now you're convincing them to stay by saying, hey, look how much money, effort, you know, progress we've made, and we're pretty much just like anybody else. You want to stay with us, so to speak. Then now you pivot. 
Now you're going to introduce a new capability, right? Or something that they're going to have to pay for, something new. So this is the moment to introduce the new capability. Now they've done different you know, studies in terms of when you should introduce this new capability, should you do it at the beginning or should you document results first, then talk about status quo, staying with them, and then introduce capabilities? Or again, they've moved things around and what they found that this flow works the best. Again, document the results. Two, talk about why they should stay, as we talked about in the first segment. Then you pivot and you introduce some new capability. And this new capability should be tied into something that they need, obviously, but also maybe some changes in the market. What's going on out there? Okay, so in other words, here's a new capability we have. Here's why we developed it. Here's what your competitors are doing. Here's why they're using it and why you should begin to use it if you want to stay competitive in the market. So you've introduced that new capability. Then you introduce the price. Now, they had two, they have four different ways of doing it, but I'm going to highlight two. One is they just introduced the price. You know, it could be a percent increase or an actual amount. But let's say it's a percent increase. Let's say 8% increase. And when they introduced the 8% increase, guess what? It didn't really, it wasn't really received well. But when they introduced the 8% increase and then they discounted it 4%, boom, that was the winner, which was surprising because that's kind of a cheesy move, isn't it, right? Give them a high price and then lower it, right? That's, the, you know, that's the whole sales shtick all the time, right? Price them high, anchor them high, and then give them a discount. But believe it or not, the anchoring high, dropping the price worked. So again, the structure for getting them to stay and then upselling them on a new capability, or if your costs have gone up, their price is going to go up as well, is step number one, again, document what they've done, what's going on in the market. Step number two, reinforce why they should stay with your product or service, right? Remind them of how much effort, progress, money, you get the idea. Then you pivot towards introducing this new capability. And then last but not least, you anchor them high. And then because you're a special customer, because we love you, you discount that price and your chances of selling them dramatically increase. So that is a different type of sales conversation. So let's kind of slow down here. The first conversation we're having is to get them to stay. That was the first conversation. The messaging is different, right? Then getting them to stay and then having them pay more. That's a different structure. So you got to know which conversation you're in. And this is a fascinating thought process. Sometimes we're not even aware of what conversation we're in. So if we're in a let's get them to stay conversation, we know how to structure that message. If we're in the get them to stay now, pay for more capability or just cost in general, then guess what? That's a different type of messaging conversation. So I've shared two structures with you. Let's push forward to the third one. Now, there's five different approaches. We're talking about messaging and we're talking about stories. And so they tested five different messaging stories, right? Five different messaging stories. And what I want to do is go through the different stories. In other words, what messages should you give your customer and which ones are more effective when it comes to customer buying from you? And this one, I'll have to kind of read more verbatim because this was really complicated and a little convoluted, but there's some good data at the end that's going to shock you. Hold on. You're going to love this. Okay. So, they said, again, let's set up the scenario. You're a software vendor. You're, you're trying to convince, you know, let's say some CXO. It could be a CIO, a CTO, uh, that you they want to stay with your software. Right now, they currently have rather legacy products, and you want them to buy now. So now, let me just slow down because even I'm getting too excited. 
What you want them to do is not upsell. You're not going to upsell. You want to move them from a legacy product to a new product, a leg- old product to a totally new product. It's just almost like a cross-sell if you think about it. Now, upsell is just a little upgrade. A cross-sell is when you want to get them to switch over to something brand new. In other words, something not related to the first product. That, to me, is a definition of a cross-sell. So this is a cross-sell approach. The question is, what storyline should you use? Storyline number one, product as a hero. In other words, we've all done this, right? We get a new product. We go into the customer. We're excited. Said, okay, we got this new product. It's time to abandon the old legacy system. It's time to go with this new product. So we call that the product hero story, right? So maybe that's where you want to go. They looked at that messaging. The second one they looked at is what they called the relationship enforcement and emotional connection. In other words, relationship enforcement is like, look, we're in this together. We're trying to help you grow. And what we see is that you're using this product right here But what we're saying to help you grow your business is that we need to do this. And here's why we think it'll help you. You're trying to create that relationship, that symbiotic relationship to let them know that the reason you're asking them to change is because you care about their business as much as them, if not more, right? So that's the relationship reinforcement with emotion. Then the third one was the why change. The why change is that that provocation type of selling, like the challenger sale, right? Yeah, give them some insights, something they didn't know, provoke them and say, hey, wake up, the market's changing, you got to change. That was the third message. The fourth message was, you know, again, just a uh, kind of a, a why stay with us, stay with us, and then just upsell, right? Just stay with us and move you up, right? Not hard. And then the last one was social influence. This was interesting. Social influence is really looking at what your peers are doing and then convincing you to actually do what your peers are doing. And then they asked these interesting questions. When they were looking at the data of these different stories, let me go through the five stories again. First one was product as a hero. Sell the new product. Hey, check out what we got. Buy this. Number two, relationship enforcement, uh, reinforcement, and connection, and emotional connection, right? Number three, why change? That's provocation, right? Insight selling, challenger sale. Here's why you should change. Why stay with us? In other words, you're trying to get them to renew with you. Maybe at that point you want to upsell them, right? And then number five, social influence. Hey, look what your peers are doing and maybe you should be doing this. So these are five different storylines that you can go with. And they asked them questions like this. These are questions that were being asked. You know, how important does this decision seem to your success, right? It's a good question to ask a company. Look, how important does this decision seem based on these five different presentations that you just heard? Again, you're exposed to different messaging. And they said, how important is this decision to your success? You know, how convincing is the company's case for you to move to this new solution was another question. How willing are you to move to this new software? Another question that was asked. How likely are you to really just, again, try to go to this new software and utilize it? or purchase this new software. So they're asking these questions just to get an idea, based on the five different stories, they're asking these questions to kind of get an idea which one of these five approaches really connected. What was shocking was the following. Most of us, if I told you, is it the product hero story, the relationship reinforcement, the why change? Now's the time, market's changing. Why stay? In other words, stay with us, let's upgrade what you have, or social influence, which is peers are doing this, maybe you should. Which one do you think really rang the bell across all those four questions about how important is it to your success? Would you purchase it? Did they make their case? Which one of these five strategies was most effective? 
relationship, reinforcement, and emotion. That's what's interesting. That was very interesting to me because what they're saying is that as, when you begin to use language, connection language, we language, us language, that's when you really connect with the buyer and you're seen as part of their team. That, that whole relationship reinforcement is about you're reinforcing that this is a relationship. This is not to be selling to you. At the end of the day, you know, again, when you're ready to sell them the product, when they're ready to make that decision, you're going to say something like, here's how you're going to benefit. Here's what you're going to be able to do. We have those messages at the end, but during the conversation, the messaging should be, we're in this together. We're working on this together. We're pushing this through. We're, we're presenting this to you because we believe that we can you know, make more money together. I can help your business grow. You can use our software, whatever it may be. So the relationship reinforcement with emotion connection, with emotional connection was the winning strategy. We conversation, and then towards the end, here's what how you're going to benefit. The one that did the poorest of these five strategies across those different questions about, again, how does it relate to your success? Are you Did they make their case? Are you willing to buy? So forth. The one that did the worst across those questions was the product hero story. Yeah, the product hero story. Now, this is why I, I want to pause here for a moment and just really spend some time here and marinate on this one. When you listen to salespeople, one of the first things they always talk about in terms of their complaints about why they're not selling more, I guess second to price, is that they don't have any new products. They don't have any new products, right? That's their thing. I don't have any new products. But if you think about it, the product hero story is not, is not what's winning these conversations. The messaging is not about product hero story. It's about, hey, we're in this together. How can we help each other grow? So for those salespeople who lean on the product hero story as your way in, in terms of getting your customer to buy more often than not, is actually your weakest approach. You would be better served by using, let's say, social influence. Hey, hear what the, my peer, your peers are doing. Maybe you should do it. Or provoke them like the challenger sale. You know what? Here's why you need to do it because the market's changing. Or here's what we got. Here's what you're currently doing. Let's upsell you. But the weakest of, five, of the five is the actual product hero story. That to me was a mind blower because too many of us as salespeople use that as a crutch to sell. We're always complaining. We don't have any new products to sell. That's why we're not hitting our number. CSO Insight says 53% of salespeople never achieve or exceed their quota. That means half the people are not hitting their number. And if you ask them, they'll bring up prices, one reason. Two, they don't have the right product set. That's why they're not selling. And again, I think it's an excuse. But the big aha moment, aside from product hero story, is not your best approach into getting them to buy more. Your best approach is actually reinforcing that relationship. We're in it together. As my friend Anthony Inarino always reminds us, the word trusted advisor begins with the word trust. You got to have the trust before you can actually advise. And that's what that relationship is all about. And so I wanted you to really kind of get that concept before I go to the fourth aspect of this study, again, in the International Journal of Sales Transformation. And again, look up Nick Lee and also look up Tim Reister. And in the last part, uh, Joe, a guy by the name of Joe Collins, who's a senior consultant at Corporate Visions, is also involved in this last part. So what I want to do in this part is now we're looking at how do you sell them more? In other words, they call this the why evolve story. Like, why should you move to the next level? Kind of tying into what we just talked about, right? Getting them to move to the next level, having that emotional connection, that relationship reinforcement to explain to them why they should move to the next level. So that's the approach. So being able to go in there with the we story is what's powerful. But still, how do we message that? 
That's what this part's about. In this segment, number four, that's what this is about. So here's the structure. Again, this is how do you sell them more and how do you get clients to like migrate to your product, right? So now we talk about why they call it why evolve. Think about it. It makes sense, right? Why evolve? You're trying to convince the customer that they need to take their game to the next level. Hate to use that cliche, but there it is. But you want to get them to up their game. Hate to use that cliche too, but there it is. You know what I mean. We're trying to get them to migrate, trying to get them to be better. So what's our approach? Now that we know that we're going to go in with the mindset of, again, the relationship reinforcement with emotional connection, how do we message our presentation to get them to evolve, right? That phase where you're trying to get them to go to the next level. And so, again, what we want to do is message this correctly. We're going to use the approach that this is, again, a relationship that we're going to reinforce, and there's an emotional connection. There's a we thing going on here, right? And so the message structure is as follows. Step number one, document the results. In other words, document the goals that have been achieved, right? All the accomplishments, what's been done up to this point. Almost remind them. It's almost like a recency heuristic, right? There's something called availability, right? And that is you want to remind people because people tend to forget unless they're reminded. So that's the moment to remind them of how far we've come, everything that's happened so far, and the progress we've made, and look at all these accomplishments. Step number two, we also then have to remind them about the evolving pressures, not only internally, but in the market as well. For example, internally, there might be pressure to reduce cost, increase revenue, or expand market share. Out there, there might be pressure from competitors to make changes, right? They're trying to come after your business sector, your portfolio. So you have that external pressure as well. So remind them, as part of the evolving story, right? Buy new products, go to the next level, remind them of the external pressure. So step number one, document what you've already done the accomplishments you already had, the wins, and again, emphasize all the accomplishments, all the effort, and just compliment them on that. And then remind them that we can't get complacent. The pressures are out there and they're inside as well. Step number three is, again, you got to really address the hard truth. In other words, and let me read this one, you got to describe you know, your potential missed opportunities. This is important because now you're going to go a little negative here, but you're also being real. And that is, let me pause again. Let me slow down. Document what we've done. Step number two, remind them of the external pressure and the internal pressure to get better. Number three, let's fess up. Let's face some hard truth here of what we've missed and the opportunities we could have had if we just had certain things in place, which we didn't. Now, to me, that really is part of that relationship reinforcement connection at an emotional level because you're confessing, hey, look, there's a lot of opportunities we missed because we didn't have certain things or we didn't do certain things. That's where you have this, this really emotional connection in terms of, oh, that's a gut punch that hurts. How do we miss those opportunities? Then step number four, remind them because people need reminding. What are the risks of not changing? In other words, if we don't evolve, if we don't take it to the next level, where do we stand to lose business? Where do we stand to lose market share? How would that impact our cost structure, our sales structure, whatever it may be? And then you got to get out of the negative now, because remember, you've already given them the hard truth. Now you talked about the risk of not changing. That's full negative right there. So that's that emotional drowning, right? Then you want to bring them up and said, now let's talk about the upside opportunities. Once we have this in place, guess what? Here's what we're going to be able to do. Here's what you're going to be able to accomplish. And here's what we're going to be able to do as a team. So let's go through the messaging structure again. Again, we want to get them to evolve to a new product, want them to buy something new. Step number one, 
document the results. Remind people of how well we've done. Number two, highlight the evolving pressures, internal and external. This is where you go a little negative, right? And then you're going to talk about the risk of no change, right? The hard truth, rather, and then the risk of no change. And then lastly, you're going to talk about the upside opportunity. So again, I stumbled on that, so let me repeat it. Document results, step number one. That's a high right there. Document the results. Then you highlight the pressure, internal and external. You see you're going a little negative. And then you're going to hit the hard truths, opportunities missed. And then you're going to talk about the risk of not changing. And then now you're down here. Then you want to push them back up and talk about, but if we do this, if we implement this new software, here's the upside. Here are the different opportunities that we'll be able to take advantage of as a company. Notice I'm using that we language. And then here's what you can do. Here's what your team will be able to do. Here's how you can sell. And here's how we can help support you and so forth. So when you think about messaging, think about the different contexts you're in. In other words, let's go back to the beginning. If you're trying to get in, you're trying to get them to change. You're trying to provoke them, right? You're trying to provoke them to come to your side. Now, once you're in, you want to keep them there. So now it's a totally different sales messaging pitch. You're trying to get them to stay. Now, you're trying to get them to stay is great, but sometimes we want to get them to renew, but we also want them to renew and buy more. So that's when we talk about upselling them. That's when we talk about anchoring high and then coming low and looking at that message structure. And then let's look at approach. What's the right messaging? Should we go with the product hero story? I don't think so, but we should go in there with the relationship approach, reinforcement, right? Or talk about social influence. And then let's talk about that messaging when we want them to evolve to the next product or the next service, buy something bigger. So again, really give this some thought. And if you really want the verbatim, you want to look at all the studies, get the journal. Again, it's a great article. It's like four or five different articles. I just compiled everything down, (laughs) four or five articles. I took them and smashed them together and it's worth the read. But basically, I gave you the cliff notes, and I think the question now is, how could you use some of these messaging structures in your presentation to be that much better? And that is it for this Victor Antonio Show. Thank you for joining me. Check out our online sales academy, the salesvelocityacademy.com. And as always, remember, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care. See you next time. Hi, I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, What makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes, but the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me and it's always about them.